This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offer seen by your ideal clients. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. You've probably heard that public speaking is feared more than death itself. As crazy as that sounds, according to the National Institutes of Mental Health, 75% of people report this form of social phobia. So how are you going to master your message if you have such fears? Well, stay tuned for a transformational conversation with a former chronic stutterer turned international public speaking coach. His revolutionary system can turn introverts into charismatic speakers who captivate audiences on stage, on camera, and in meetings, all without scripts or memorization. And I I know it. I've been on a call with him, and it's amazing. So let's get started. So welcome to the Lead Machine Show, the growth show where passion meets entrepreneurship and dreams become reality. I'm Paul Guyon, your Lead Machine Growth Coach host and international best-selling author and techie and marketing nerd. I'm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs, coaches, and solo entrepreneurs tackle their tech, master their message, and design their dream. So are you ready to unleash your full potential and achieve extraordinary results? If so, then you're in the right place. We'll dive deep into the strategies, insights, and stories of trailblazers who have overcome the obstacles of technology, marketing, and mindset and are making a huge impact on their audiences. So buckle up and get ready for an exhilarating ride with, filled with inspiration, motivation, and practical advice. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. So today, special guest, we have an ex-chronic stutterer, that's ex-chronic stutterer, that morphed into an award-winning international touring musician interviewed on live TV and radio in two languages. He's the creator of a new public speaking system that turns introverts into charismatic speakers without scripts, without memorization, and without stress. He's the real deal, folks. Clients include TV hosts, best-selling authors, and international keynote speakers. Here's to, he's here to show you how you can have more confidence, charisma, and presence on stage, on camera, and in meetings. So welcome. Welcome, my friend, Sly. I'm going to call you Sly during the interview, but Sylvain Hache, a.k.a. Sly, how to unleash the introverted confidence, charisma, and presence on stage, on camera, and in meetings. Welcome, my friend. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. What a beautiful singing voice you got there. Sounding pretty good. Thank you. 
Thank you. Nice. I can sing a little bit. Yeah, we got all the inflections. So a lot of people, Tom, they just try to speak low as much as they can, but then they got nowhere to go. They speak too high. You got a nice, you got like inflections. You can go high, you can go low. It's musical. The timing is great. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, we we met at the AI Unleashed conference oh, yeah. with uh, Michael Whitehouse. And I was so enamored by what you did with uh, with Joel. And I, I just had to uh, to reach out to you. We had a session, uh, I think it was Monday, and uh, that was fun. And I really enjoyed that. And it, some of that was ad-lib because, because of what we learned. I went, hey, I can talk about this. And I've been practicing a little bit about what we, we talked about. So from the beginning, I've known one other stutterer or ex stutter stutterer that that overcame that that affliction, and uh, his name's John Delemi, and he's also an international uh, speaker, and he, he uses word patterns and things like that. So how did you how did you go from that to to what you're doing today? Man, if John Delemi ever hears that, good on you, man. John Delemi is the kind of guy that knows that every 10% you get better at communicating can up to double the quality of your life. Yeah. An entrepreneur. So you have to put a webinar together or you have to put an ad to drive traffic to that webinar or mm -hmm. you have to make a, a, a web page. Say, think of your clients. They make up a web page. You you knock some sense into them that they need a funnel and not just a website, okay? So now they have a thank you page with an upsell video on it. Right. So if you go on that upsell video and you communicate badly, your efforts are down the drain because there's no conversion on that. So every 10, per if you get a 10% increase in conversion, this is the difference between having a second house or not. Yeah. It, this isn't, so this John Delemi guy is one. I am one. Mm -hmm. Steve Harvey, the TV host, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Ex, ex chronic stutterer. I forget the exact name and the list, but there's a, an actual list online, Google ex chronic stutterers. And there's a list of there of world leaders, including some US presidents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gotta tell you, when I watched a movie, I just think about this now. There's a movie called The King Something, The King's Speech, or oh, The yeah. King's Yeah, The King's Speech. Now I was watching this movie years after it came out, and in that movie, the king stutters, and then he hires a, a coach with weird techniques, a bit weirder than most. <laughs> yeah. And after a few months of working on the thing, he succeeds in making a speech, but then he stutters a little bit, like half of a time when and he said i had to leave one in there because they wouldn't believe it was me so yeah. that's the thing now there's a moment in that scene when the king comes out of that speech walking like an 800 pound gorilla with a gucci with gucci sunglasses and a custom-made suit the confidence that comes from nailing a talk yeah is a feeling that regular shy people you were talking about 75% of people would prefer to be in the casket that give the eulogy, for example, fear of public speaking. Yeah. No fear. So regular people that are just shy or terrified, if when they nail a speech, they get, man, oh, that was a great day today. Tonight's the night. 
But think of a stutterer who goes through that, that the, the gap in feeling is so much higher. So as I was watching this movie, I mean, I don't cry often. In my adult life, I can recall maybe crying two and a half to three times. And this was one of the times because I was crying of the look that the king gave to the coach out of thank you so much for your help. Um, and at the same time, the coach, the look that he gave to the king as I'm so proud of the work you've done. And I get emotional just thinking about it now because I could feel it and see it from both perspectives. Because mm -hmm. I'm the ex-chronic stutterer that now helps people level up their speaking game. So I got both sides of the medal. So John Delaney, you said, or Delamy? Delemi. Delemi. So this, I never heard his name before. Good on you. This is a good thing. And anyone listening here, I've never met the man. But if you're, if he's, this guy is selling coaching of some sort, and you're wondering if he has the goods to help you, I can tell him he has. Yeah. Because So when, I, when an ex-chronic stutterer teaches, like some of my clients, like literally they, they sit on planes and travel across country lines to be paid to speak and come back. Real international keynote speakers. Not, you know, there's a thing where, where people, they just... They all go on vacation somewhere and they all speak and they film themselves and they come back and they're international keynote speakers all of a sudden. Not that. I mean, <laughs> people that are paid in the plane, right? So do that. So if you, and I would imagine John does the same thing. When someone does that, this is the equivalent of a guy who lost 500 pounds that now helps people lose 100 pounds. So if John lost 500 pounds and you come to john and you say oh man uh, i'm a bit stressed out because i gotta lose 100 pounds and it's a big deal when john says don't worry about it i got you right. he's not saying this because he he got a training in an nlp seminar he's not saying this because he, he he made affirmations in the morning to pump himself up he's not saying this for anything or reason that he has the internal strength experience and conviction to know that public speaking is a game that is won or lost before you open your mouth. Mm. It's an inside game. It's an inside job, 100%. So guys like this, or if you speak to me, or if you speak to Steve Harvey, he'll tell it to you. It's in the moments before. So stutterer is just worse than most people. But regular people, they just, it's like their mind stutters. They're just like, uh, start freaking out. They lose their ideas. All of a sudden, you have someone who knows everything about coding, like a great coder, goes out to speak at, at the panel of the University of Coding.com, whatever it is, <laughs> goes there, and then forgets half of what he knows. It's yeah. just because his brain is in just fight or flight mode. It just goes over berserk, starts sweating and stuff. But it's what goes on inside the mind, behind the mouth. So when John says, and you need to push yourself at times. You push at times. The, this is a systematic process. Oh, there's kind of a delay here. So you start, and then you have a goal. This is fun. Oh, easy win. That was good. Easy. Oh, that was fun. And then everybody, no matter who you are, I work with TV hosts, and I work with camera-shy coaches afraid of doing their first Facebook Live. Okay? Everybody's got a, oh, shit, that's the part where it hurts. And that's where you need to either rely on your faith 
rely on yourself or rely on someone that's done it before. So you can lean on that thing to not fall on your face. Or if you fall, fall forward so you can get up where your feet are, where your face is to keep on moving along. But everybody's got a, a gap where it's like, oh, this is the hard part. And this is where experience, know-how, and the kind of no bullshit, dig deep, you can go through this attitude helps. So thank you, John. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had an experience like that when I was in um, second grade. I'm a, is you, you're a drummer and I'm a drummer. And I discovered that my classmates thought that was pretty cool. And so um, we did a Christmas pageant. And uh, actually, that was my first gig as a drummer. I actually, I, I didn't, didn't win the singing part. So I was able to use my drums and I marched I marched the, uh, my class into the Christmas show. Well, later on, just before Christmas, we did Little Drummer Boy. So I played the part, and my classmates sang it. So we went around to all classes, and we were a smash hit. We get to the eighth grade class, and Sister Constantine, I don't know, if, I don't remember that's her name, but she was, the, she was a, a nun, and my brother, it was my brother Greg's class. So I'm a second grader in the eighth grade class, and we do this. And they love it. They love it. And they said, and then Sister Constantine says, uh, Mr. Guyon, you're not singing. Let's hear you singing. So I'm like this. I didn't have my drum and I was just petrified. Well, Sister Constantine said to the class, class, let's give Mr. Guyon an applause that's that's worthy of his performance. And they clapped literally like this on their thumbnails, like this. I was devastated, and I was afraid to uh, to be a singer in front of people until, you know, I was a backup singer when I was in my band when I was thirteen or so, but I wasn't very good, and, and I was really, really lost my confidence. And uh, speaking, same thing. Did not want to speak in front of anybody. Today, today I, I this year I, I'm doing 35 or 32 gigs with my band, and I'm a lead singer, and I'm a lector at church, and I'm a I'm a cantor at church. So I lead, I lead the whole church in the sacred music, and so I overcame that doing the same kinds of exercises that that you're talking about. I wanted to overcome it. Because I said, I can do this. And plus, I'm a drummer. You know, pretty soon when 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 the band breaks up and I've been in a lot of bands and they break up and there's there's a new band, a new band. Pretty soon you got to take over the singing role. And so I was faced with I had to do that. Fortunately, as a drummer, I had the drums in front of me. So the drums kind of isolated me from from the from the audience. So uh, get me out in front and I still would be feel probably a, a little a little um apprehension but now that i'm you know i'm doing it at church and it's just me and the microphone and uh you know the, the sacred music and uh you know i've overcome that i feel i feel a lot more confident in doing that and you know doing a podcast there's there's you're putting yourself out there you've got to have an intelligent conversation with with your guest so uh i can relate but i've never been a stutterer i've just been afraid to 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 get out there so uh, but here's something people but here's something people can relate to you here, what you just said. Yeah. So not everybody's been a stutterer. So, I, okay, it's, you're right. 
Not everybody's been a drummer. Okay, you're right. But the feeling of walking on stage without your drum and feeling naked, here's something every employee feels when they go into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. As an employee at the office, there's some sort of a imaginary or real hierarchy of power and structure. He's the boss, he's the manager, and then there's kind of a hierarchy. It's drawn as a hierarchy. Yeah. And people have their name tags on the door. So when they speak within that organization and they step on stage in front of a group of 10, 20, 30 people, whatever it is, it's almost as if they have an imaginary name tag that gives them authority to speak on that subject contextual authority on that subject mm-hmm. based on the uh-huh. imaginary name tag. Yeah, okay. That's good. A lot of people now say, then they jump from the, they jump out of the corporate world into entrepreneurship. What happens to that imaginary name tag all of a sudden? It's gone. You realize it, it was never there in the first place, pretty much. So it's, it, right. it was never there, but you kind of felt it and they did. So it was kind of imaginary name tag. It, it leaves. So the feeling of them wanting to start a podcast, one, they know they should be making videos for their business. For God's sake, get your head out of your ass, start making videos for your business. They know that. Right. They watch all the videos of the strategies. And guess what? Everybody who they follow online who gives them their strategies, if you take a moment and you stop taking notes on what they're saying and you start taking notes on what they're actually doing, they're making videos for their business. If you just take notes on a meta level. So they know they should, but they're terrified because it feels like stepping naked in your case without a drum. Oh, I remember the first time I, I sang on stage without my guitar, I felt naked. And the first time I sang without a drum, it's like, from, from drumming to guitar, it was like, holy shit. And from <laughs> guitar to singing, that was, oh, that was another ball game. So this is, this is a thing that happens. And when you stand in front of an audience of 35 to 3,500, depending on how many people, right? So there, there's more than 10 people there. It's like, it's okay. like, there's no way that you could physically handle them, okay? The audience is bigger than you. The, the surface contact of your bubble, if I were to come too close to Paul, you'd be like, hey, man, you're in my bubble. We all have a sense of a bubble. Yeah. That bubble, when that's in contact with the gaze of the audience, this is where people start to feel uneasy and they try to somehow hide in their bubble. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> thing. But if you look at people, they kind of go like this and they kind of, sh- as if they won't see me if I do this, they see you. You, you, you <laughs> can't, you, you might as well be naked. So at a moment, it can be different for some people. Some people prefer growing the bubble to include the audience. Some people prefer realizing that the bubble is imaginary in the first place and just remove it. Some people people prefer imagining that their bubble is like like a spaghetti drainer thing so that people can come in and there's no resistance. I've seen Aikido trainers imagine that it's more kind of a fluffy cloud rather than a glass thing, which is a rigid thing. 
But the self-consciousness and the feeling not at ease happens at the level of where your imaginary bubble is. So this is where it's at play. So since this is an imaginary phenomenon, you deal with it in your imagination. So this is hard for people who are hard skills people, no bullshit people. I can, well, the only thing that is true is what I can kick on. Okay. Well, you can't kick on your bubble because it's imaginary, but you feel yeah. you go on stage and you sweat. You lose your ideas. You got no blood in your face and you forget your ideas and you stumble and you look like an idiot. So it's hard for these people. We got to feel for them because in their very intelligent mind, if I can't kick on the thing, it's not real. But at the same time, that thing that is imaginary and not real makes them suffer. So they got to go through two hurdles. The hurdles of, okay, let me try this woo-woo bullshit and get over the scientific fact and let me try this, whatever this bubble thing is. This is an internal, or let me try that thing. That doesn't work. Right. And then it starts, oh, that's, uh, that reminds me, I forget the name of the association. I think I told you this, Paul. If it's the association of uh, either psychologist or psychiatrist, they went to priests somewhere or monks of some sort, and they said, okay, dear priests and monks, we are the association of psychologists or psychiatrists. Now, whatever you guys believe in, that does not exist. Whatever you guys imagine, God and all that, whatever you're doing, um, we would need to kind of know what it is because in our institutions, the people that believe in that do better, heal faster, get well better, and you know they have better outcomes. So even though it's not real, and whatever you're doing is God knows what, could you please kind of give us some of that so we can include it in our programs? So there's, <laughs> there's this dichotomy of, I don't believe in this shit, but uh, there's something to it. So we, you couple that, we have to have compassion for us in the past and for people that are suffering with this, because for people that suffer that if you know, you should be making videos for your business. If you know, you should be, if you know, we'd be better off on stage at the networking event than in the crowd, but you don't do it. So your intelligence, your, uh, your awareness knows that it would be better for you, your lifestyle, your income, your impact, your influence, et cetera, to do this, but you don't do it because of there's a, but, but, but this, but that, well, that causes emotional pain. And then that emotional pain, the more you don't do what you know you're supposed to do, that erodes your self-confidence because you start to not trust yourself. And then you start to play a smaller game. And then you start, well, then you start justifying your position. And then you start making excuses. And then you know you're doing that. And then you start feeling sorry for yourself. Then you're pissed and you're angry. And you drink a little bit more. And then it's just like, ah, it just never stops. It's, it's just a downward spiral. Vicious yeah. cycle. So there's a way out and people think they don't want to do it because they don't want to look like a fool. But I got to tell you something, Paul, I've never seen this anywhere else in our system. You're not even allowed to open your mouth before you're confident. Think about this. So most people think, okay, I'm shy, terrified. I'm not good. And then I'll learn some sort of a script or I'll read a script. Well, I'll memorize some sort of a sequence of words or a magic NLP anchoring trick, right? <laughs> and then I'll practice this 
And then I'll go make a fool of myself in small circles. And then I'll then I, at the end of this, I'll develop what I want ultimately, which is confidence. But that's because people don't know that there are things that happen like you see me do with Joel at the event where we unshied them on the spot in seven, in seven or 12 minutes because people don't know this. I got to tell you, this technique you see me do comes from a crazy French shaman named Alexandre Nadeau. He's one of my mentors. And that technique was invented in French. So unless you speak French, you can't learn that technique. And I was the first guinea pig of that technique. He called me up, hey, Sly. I invented a technique. I'd like you to try it out. Tell me what it does. So I tried it out before everybody else for a few weeks. I called him and I said, man, you should call that the Superman technique. <laughs> so for people that don't know what we're talking about, it's a technique. It's called the, in French, la technique de dissolution des structures mentales. So that's the technique that dissolves mental structures. So not one belief, not one thought. The whole thing well, I know I should do this, but then I'm afraid. But then I think back about when I was a kid, my mom said this, then I was at school. The whole damn story, the whole structure around the thing, there's like a weird feeling. You say, ah, I feel real about this. Everything tied to that. Emotions, feelings, beliefs, sensations, memories, impressions. It's insane. So when we remove some of these layers, then the intelligence of the person comes back online, Paul. It's just like they don't have so many tabs open freaking out. So right? as we did in the beginning of, of the Zoom call, we just closed a few tabs. So do I clean camera. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> in their minds, they got all these all these fears and stuff going on. All these voices. Yeah, yeah. Who, who am I to speak to them? Who do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. Nobody will listen. You're not good anyway. This, man, people's got stuff. Yeah. So we run them through a process to free themselves detach themselves from that so they have their brain comes back online then you move on to messaging otherwise i don't know if you're familiar with don quichotte there was a, a, a don quixote in in, in in english in french it's don quichotte so don quixote was a guy who was fighting imaginary dragons so if you don't deal with your imaginary dragons and you are allowed to start making up your message to grow your business, you're fighting your dragons while you're writing a speech, and then you go and you deliver it. So you write it from a weak place, you practice in a terrified state, and you wonder why you go out on stage and it sucks. No, no, no. You remove what makes you unconfident first, which you have your natural baseline confidence. Then you can think clearly, you make up your message, as you've seen me do the charismatic message thing, and then we move on to delivery, how you say what you say, third step. So the last thing, the la reason why people suffer so much from reading tips online about delivery is that they read tips on the last part. Yeah. So that's like someone learning to do drums fails, but they can't do a, a beat. So they only got the fills. So it says, you know, hold your hand like this, a hand like that, or whatever the delivery tricks are, but their message has no way to it. And they're not confident to begin with. So they can't apply the techniques. So then they think somehow something's wrong with them when all the time is not it. It's just they got the things in the wrong sequence. Mm -hmm. So can you explain how that technique could be done by someone? 
or would, would is, is it do you have to guide them through that or can one learn how to, that technique to and you said i'm i have a french name but i'm not french <laughs> yeah Guillaume. yeah so is there a way that you could learn that or or maybe just tell what the steps would be or, i mean it's, it's a, a it, yeah it's a four-step <laughs> process yeah and the deeper you can do it the deeper you get the results four-step process right so I've led people through this process at a very, very deep level and then some at a superficial level. And what differentiates is that once someone builds the trust in the technique and the trust in themselves and the more fundamental of a type of question they address, the deeper it goes. So basically, say you have so, so someone says, oh, I want to do videos for my business. Oh, no, let me give an example, fresh example from a coaching call from a, a Wednesday. Alexandre, okay, okay, one of my clients. Here's, a, man, this guy's a stud. He coaches, he has two billionaires as clients, and he has coached mm -hmm. hundreds of millionaires. Not one or two, like hundreds. So he's in my coaching program. We put up his talk together, and now he goes and speaks in front of a 600, 600 people. This is his biggest audience ever. He goes on stage. Everything is filmed. He gets a standing ovation. And somebody films him on stage and he, he has shots of the of a standing ovation. So for anybody looking from the outside, this is a total success. Like, right? <laughs> standing ovation. So he's got the proof, right? So this is done. So the next week, I, I told him, okay, for your coaching call, I want you to re-watch your talk and take notes of this as if this would be somebody else that you're watching on stage. So he takes notes and he said, you know what I did? I watched this as if this would be a competitor that would want to beat. So you watch his own talk as if it's a competitor and say, okay, well, I could do better than that. Oh, that sucked. Well, I can do better. He had, and he sent me the uh, spreadsheet. It was 55 points. Okay. So, and I, I, we use this technique on him, the technique we're talking about here to free people. Yeah. So the 55 points, I said, okay, now on the coaching calls, uh, this particular day, we had five people. So I can't spend an hour and a half on just him. So it's like, you know, 20, 30 minutes each going through the motions. I said, okay, we have 30, 20 minutes. We can't go through all 55, but which, if you take all these 55 and you come back up a notch, so what thing inside you, what thing inside that person, and I, I guide them to a trance and relaxation and all that, is there or not there that makes it so that all these 55 things are just symptoms so we can work on symptom one check technique just do that check symptom two we can do that but we don't have all day so we need to find what is the cause of all that yeah. so we, we went through a bunch of stuff and then he found i forget the details of uh, what we like, we, we found this. Okay, well, what's the cause of that? This. What's the cause of that? We do a four years. And then finally, it was something like he couldn't just be himself. So somehow, in his mind, from God knows where, there was something in there that said, well, I just can't be myself. You know, I have to be this, this, this. I have to be Mr. Perfect. I just can't be myself. There was that thing. And this was manifesting in a bunch of small tweaking, torquing mechanisms of trying to please, trying to be a certain way and trying to this and try to that. 
So that's this manifests as someone being a bit self-conscious on stage because you always have to be constantly monitoring is what I'm modulating about myself having the effect that I want. And the constant cross-checking of that is an extra tab open on your computer, which takes up RAM. Right. Which means you're not fully present to the audience. Yeah. So we have them do this technique on the, I can't just be my full self. So the technique is four, is four steps. So first you identify, is that a thought? Is that a feeling? Is that a, an internal dialogue? What is it? Where is it in space? Well, it's kind of a thought. It's kind of a, kind of a notion that I kind of have in, around here. It's, it's kind of a thing that's over there. The prerequisite step is to, in French, we say habiter son corps. I mean, it, it means uh, feel your body. Ah, you can't yeah. just be up in your head doing this. You, you, you got to be in the body so because you need feel. the feelings. Yeah. yeah. So, so once you're in state, okay, what's that thing? Now, what is realer? What is more non-negotiable? What is more tangible between this pen and that thought and the whole shebang? There's a feeling and then there's a memory and all that and the proofs of all that. What is realer? Now, Joel got it the first time. He said, this is realer. Some people have a hard time with this. They will say, no, no, no. This problem is realer than the pen. You have to walk mm -hmm. them through the process. Okay. As in, if you stop thinking about this pen, what happens to it? Nothing. It doesn't. Okay. What happens if you stop believing these thoughts? They just go away. Oh. You are main. You, you, they're plugged on your power source to maintain their aliveness. So you are. So when somebody goes fast, they get it the first time. Sometimes you have to run them through a few times. So that's step one is the person realizes, oh shit, <laughs> that's just the thing in my head that's not there. It's an imaginary thing that has real effects in my life. That is capping my status, that is capping my income, but it's just an imaginary thing, okay? So that's step one, realizing that it's an imaginary thing and this is realer. Sometimes you have to hit, hit it like this a little bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> step one, that's it. Now. You 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 seen Joel do this. He was trying to skip a step. Almost every time that someone does that, the thought either disappears or loses its grip on you. The thought kind of loosens or you start to realize, oh, shit, it's just a thought. It happens all the time. So people tend to go, oh, I'm free now. No, you're not free yet. No, 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 you're not free yet. That's a step one. Step one, it goes away. Then you ask yourself one question, okay? What happens to the thought when you realize this is realer? This is more tangible. So then people have to kind of play back what just happened because the thought goes poof. So they go, I don't know, depending on how aware they are of their own thoughts and stuff. So they they always say something like it goes woof, it goes poof, or the feeling goes away and they, they will mime it with their hands. 99 times out of 100, people will just mime it. It just kind of goes like this. So then you can say, oh, it goes like this. Say, yeah, how do you know? Well, you just mimed it. People are not aware <laughs> of their body language and stuff, so. Okay, that's another story. So, like like Richard Bandler said, you know, if someone asked him, hey, do you do you work with uh, blind and deaf people? He said, all day, every day. So they're not aware of that. So <laughs> step one, realize this is realer, more tangible, truer. Step two, become aware and play the pay, playback of how the thought vanished, disappeared. Or people say something like, uh, it, it kind of became flimsy. So you might have to do step one and two a few times. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, okay? Now step three. 
You ask the person, okay, when that thought or feeling or thing vanishes, what does that change to your experience? And then they all say something like, I feel much better. I got more space. You, you can see the people breathing better. You can see the people realizing backdate. Holy shit. And when you got one that realizes backdate, oh, fuck, man, for 30 years, this has been there. And, and then you say, now what happens when you realize that this is realer than the 30 years of that thing? And then poof, 30 years of that thing leaves. Okay. So this is just to bring him up to speed. So we're at step three. And then step four is just two simple questions. So when, when you're freer, when you're like this, or wh whatever changes, you ask them, what does that allow you to do? Then they say, well, I can make videos now. I know you can. You could <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes ago, but you had that thing preventing you. Okay. Then they say, well, I can make videos. Okay. Then they say, now, what does that allow you to be? And this is where, Paul, the magic happens. People, then you can see somebody like they're going because you get emotional and they get like, oh, they, they get teary eyed or get, they get emotional and they go, well, I can be. And then they say the most beautiful things. I can be who I'm supposed to be. I can be my full self. I can be free. I can be me. I can be an example for my children. I can be a great, I can be, they, they essentially, I can be, insert real dream. Yeah. So it's called the mental structure dissolver. Yeah. And then we can, this is the baseline, the basic technique. And once you master that, you can frame it for a bunch of different stuff. And this is one of the techniques we use. And I can show you the database if you like. The last time I counted, I had 125 techniques like that that I use. Yeah. You mentioned that. So yeah. what happened to the billionaire coach? So you you took him through this process. There were the 55. Mm. No, no, sorry. No, no. This is one of my clients in my program. It's called the Level Up oh. program. But he, so he he purchased my Level Up program for a speaking game. He's a real estate coach. So he coaches billionaires and has coached hundreds of millionaires. I don't have a billionaire as a client yet. If there's anyone listening, maybe we could talk. <laughs> but I don't have a billionaire client yet. This is one of my clients I was talking about. Yeah, but what happened to him once he once you took him through this process? Did he did he up level his speaking game after that? Well, that that was last Wednesday. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So he went on uh, the 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 going on stage with the standing ovation, which key point here. This tells you this is a black belt guy. This is a no nonsense guy. Yeah. Gets on stage, crushes it, gets a standing ovation. I give him homework to evaluate himself comes back with 55 things to make better. Yeah. So that's the kind of guy, okay, we're talking about. And then yeah. this guy, we did this process on him. And then that was last Wednesday where he went to, I won't say the exact word, but it, it was something like I can play the game at the level I kind of really want to but didn't because I was sabotaging myself a little bit. But he yeah. he was a powerful word. So he, that's that's what that's, so that was last Wednesday. So yeah. I seen him do two Facebook lives since then, and I know he's about to start a content strategy. But he had already started two. That's the thing. A lot of clients. That's the thing. Most, not most, but close to sixty percent of my clients making social media videos. They know they should, but there's a little if about it. That's one of the things they come to me for. 
So we can expect more of him coming soon. Wow. Thank you for that. We, uh, one of the things that you talked about uh, when we were kind of before the show, we were talking about webinars and conversions. And you've got a little bit of a story there that I think people might really, really sink their teeth into because your techniques work. So could you tell me about, about the conversion rates that you were talking about? Oh, man, I love webinars so much. I got three stories. I'll let you choose which one you want. You can either, can either tell the story of the only thing more powerful than stories for engagement on webinars. I can either tell you the thing of uh, how to go from zero to 70% conversion rate. Or I can tell you the story of how to sell something that is impossible to sell with, with a webinar. I'll let you choose. Well, we're... There's a lot of marketers who would who would like to have a webinar. So what which would you say if if it's someone it's like one of the, the person who doesn't want to do the video, they're afraid to do the webinar mm. because of the engagement. I think it's the how to how to get that engagement. Uh, yeah. because I I've I've got some clients um that uh, that are doing something in October and they've had some webinars and they're they're not thrilled with the results. And uh, they'd like to have better results. So maybe maybe some tips there would help, help okay. them get better. So if I frame my mind as the way to be most helpful and valuable to someone about to make a webinar, yeah. I'm just going to move. Uh, I won't tell any of these three stories. I'm just going to give that person, let's call him John, the structure of how to put his webinar fast. So like in a weekend or a long weekend or a long, very long afternoon with a good brain cramp. <laughs> so first thing, you got to know who you're speaking to directly. You can't be fuzzy about who you're talking to. So pre-steps is to know who you're talking to. If you don't know who you're talking to, you're screwed. And then I have a video for this that I made on a, someone asked me like this, how to nail your audience. And I have a video for free. You can find it online. It's going to solve something like, how to nail your audience in 10 minutes with three circles and two squares. It's amazing. So you'll know exactly who you're speaking to. So once you know who you're speaking to, I'll give you the exact formula on how to create a webinar. The whole thing is hook a bunch of sandwiches and a call to action stack. So there's three elements, a hook, Calls to actions, uh, sandwiches, which I'll tell you what they are, sandwiches, and a call to action stack. So the call to action stack, you need to have a recap of what you just said. So you're going to have a webinar. And by the time you get to the end of your webinar, people have forgot what you told them. They forgot, you know, you have to recap the prices and what they get. They need a recap because they forget at minute 48 what you said at 43. Unless it's a story, they forget everything. So... The call to action starts with a recap. Then what we call the charismatic call to action, which Paul experienced. Charismatic call to action. This is where you make it about, so if, if, if you're selling something about money making, you don't make it about the money. You make it about the status that they will gain. You make it about the respect and the recognition that they deserve. You make it about retiring your family, your wife, taking care of your, so there's, a, there's an element of a charismatic elevation of the game before you move on to the regular call to action which is buy click download swipe vote go here do that whatever the thing is okay yeah. 
So mm -hmm. the, that's the call to action stack. The recap of what's about to be there, the elevation of the game to what we call, it's a process called Steve Jobsifying your message, big ideas, mm -hmm. and then you land that back, call to action, which is done, okay? That's the thing, the guarantees and all that. So everybody knows the, the, the regular stack, the guarantees, the bonuses, the urgency, blah, blah, blah. That's normal, okay? Okay, now, before you get there, you need sandwiches. What we call a sandwich, think of it like this. I'm just going to draw one here. Well, just think of a sandwich like uh, 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 here with two buns. So one sandwich here is an objection and two buns. Two stories that sandwich each objection and not any stories. Transformational stories that are true. Don't make shit up. Don't Google some sort of a stat the day before on Google. Don't read a script. A real, honest to God, transformational story that destroys that objection. And you got two of them sandwiched. And on top of that, you know, you know, you know like a, uh, what do you call that? Like a smoked meat sandwich. There's a sandwich and there's, there's like a toothpick on the thing. The yeah. toothpick here is called the money shot. The money shot is a demonstration, a physical demonstration, a prop, something you can show on screen, a video, a montage, something that is not just storytelling, but an actual demonstration, showing of the Stripe account, before and after pictures of people. So the, the money shot, let's call it that. So there's one objection, sandwiched between two transformational stories and a money shot on top. And the max number of objections you can bust and destroy in a webinar is three. Right. So that you got can you got three sandwiches, three sandwiches. So in the end, you have a call to action stack, which is your recap, your charismatic call to action about the big emotions and all that, and why now is the most important time now more than ever because of AI or because of the inflation. It has to be a moment which is bigger than what's good it's bigger than you bigger than me it's something that's happening right there you include the power of the context in that call to action and then you can have up to three sandwiches objection two stories and a money shot objection two stories and a money shot objection two stories and a money shot that's the that whole thing is called the million dollar russian sandwich it's in my system <laughs> okay it's, it's it's very easy and you can say you, you this all this with no notes you're not reading anything it's just we literally draw a sandwich with the name of the story in it, and you just, well, story. This is one time I was with my daughter, blah, blah, blah. It's still a story because the story has the transformational elements in it, and it does the heavy lifting for you of providing the context in the audience's mind and the perceptions and the beliefs and all that. Okay? So now, before that, we just have to have a hook. The hook. So the only thing about the hook is you make the hook linked to the call to action so you have a nice through line and the hook has the hook you can't people have been made every promise under the sun it has to be something you can back up something that is real something that is true and can go for a gasp or a shock or a what did you just say hook in the beginning now, when I look at the tension graphs of this, you can see the thing is, if you do not have stories in your webinar, the attention graph goes like this. People tune out. 
So yeah. if are you say it's going to be easy, man, AI is going to do my webinar. As soon as people hear that robotic voice start, you can see the dropping the zip. There you go. Out of here. So they don't even get to your magic pitch. And the way you increase your conversions is you increase the number of people that get to the damn pitch. Yeah. And the way you get them to the damn pitch is you carry them with stories. And I can I look at my attention graphs. The only thing that is a flatter attention graph, meaning people don't drop off, is money shots, which is demonstrations, live examples, and props, and stuff that like really coagulate the information. While the money shots are going on, you can see the attention graph. When the story finishes, you, you can see people draw, oh, I got the end of the story, I'm satisfied, then you drop it off. Gotcha. So there are ways to never close your stories until you get to the end. Like yeah. every, oh. every, yeah, every damn Netflix special you see at the end of the episode, they always hook you for the next one. If you, you, there's a way to do that. Don't play with people's emotion too much because they hate it. But there's a subtle way to do it. So basically, a hook tied to the end, which makes sense, which is going to be revealed at the end, three sandwiches and a money shot, and a great call to action stack. It's the easiest way I can put it so you have a nice frame to frame your stories and your life experience. And Marie Mack, amazing lady. I had her on my show once. Um, high school teacher. No, um, not high school, but like seven, eight, nine years, like the grade seven, eight, nine. Junior high. What's that called in, in the States? Elementary school or, or uh, junior high. There you go. Thank you. Junior high school teacher. But yeah. she used to fly Black Hawk helicopters. Don't mess with Marie. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Don't mess with teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice, sweet lady. But she thought, oh, yeah, I used to uh, fly, fly the helicopter. Oh, shit. So anyway, so uh -huh. she had this rigid script. That you know, she had this thing where she would you follow the script, you say this, you say that, then you manipulately you manipulate their emotions like this, and then you twist them like that. But people tune off, you don't get to the thing. And then she said, Not only did people did not buy, but I felt off while doing it. It wasn't it wasn't me. It's like, ah, that's not my language, that's not me. And then she switched it to no, let me just use this guidance and this structure and the work it is there's this and that, but let me weave through it with my stories let me put myself in it one she feels great doing it and two conversion rates go up so that would be the easiest way to think about it wow interesting so wow that was just a whole bunch of stuff in in uh in an hour just almost almost an hour uh, we talked about how you got started, how you overcame. We talked about the uh, about some of my some of my uh, uh, obstacles and and becoming a singer. And you you're a singer too. Uh, the mental structure dissolver we talked about, and then now you just gave us a a, a, a five minute clinic and and the structure of a webinar. Wow, that's really great. There's there's more that we could uncover. We're just scratching the surface here. Uh, but thank you so much for coming. And with your final words, Sly, what are three things that our audience can do today to put these awesome ideas into action? Three things yeah. to put this into action. Yeah. Man, <laughs> that's a great question. That's because there's 
three things. And I'm speaking to John again, the entrepreneur that I just told him. Let's say I'm speaking to John. The web, you're an entrepreneur, wants to put his webinar together. Three things. Yeah. First thing you do, John, is you ask yourself, what do you want them to do? You're putting a message together for your business? Yeah. What do you want the people to do at the end of that damn message? Yeah. Write that down. Okay. Yeah. Then you ask yourself, what will that give them if they do that? So if they buy your program, John, if they go through your six-week boot camp of weight, lose, lose weight or find love or make money, whatever the thing is, what will that give them? Okay. Yeah. It will give them some sort of a higher level satisfaction. So you write that down. Then you say, yeah, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, so he's going to give you that. And then you just map out what this higher level thing wants your audience to do and why they won't do it. They won't do it because they're afraid, they're self-conscious, they're afraid of being burned, they're afraid of losing money, they're afraid of getting laughed at, they're afraid they won't get What You just map out all the objections to them doing the right thing. Right. And you use that as your fuel to build your hook, your sandwiches, and your calls to action, John. That's the way you do it. There you go. And the stories are the key to it all. Uh, as as we've learned and uh thank you so much i've been reviving my stories and writing them down because there are so many of them and it just never realized how how my story can relate to my clients and my listeners who are who probably are either going through that thing or about to or they went through it and they're going yeah I can relate. And uh, when you relate to your audience like that, uh, then they start to like and trust you, know, like and trust you. And, and they say, yeah, this this person, this guy can really help me. And uh, and so that's and that's what it's all about. This this human connection. And you're right about the A.I. Uh, people people have their B.S. meters up more now than ever. And uh, they can they can they can sniff it out right away and they'll, they'll know if you're bullshitting or not. And so, um, so you have a uh, a gift, an offer for our listeners. Can you can you tell us about that? Well, it's the cheapest offer in the world. It's free. Yeah. And just go to next level, like next level, publicspeaking.com. Uh -huh. And there are multiple paths here. Just click around. You can get a checklist. You can get a training. Do what you can to get on the email list. And you go to the bottom of the email list. There are things in there to help you crush imposter syndrome. There's the one-step public speaking confidence checklist. There's charisma for introverts. There's more stuff in there for free than people have paid thousands for. Just get on the email list and use the stuff in the bottom at nextlevelpublicspeaking.com. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Sly, again for being on here and today and on the Lead Machine Growth Show. And remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So keep the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon, and he's Sly. Thank you so much for, for being on. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www 
www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. Thank you.